This episode of Hookup Horror Stories is brought to you by Podmatch. Do you have a podcast that could use some fresh guests? Or perhaps you're an entrepreneur and are looking to get featured on cool podcasts. Never fear, Podmatch is here. Podmatch is an online podcast matching service that automatically matches ideal podcast hosts and guests for interviews. Imagine your favorite online dating app, but instead of using it for finding dates, you're booking podcast interviews. Simply make your account, fill out your bio, add your keywords on what you're looking for, and get matched with Podmatch's automatic matching technology. I've been using Podmatch for a few years now to book guests, and I absolutely love it. I find really cool people, coaches, experts, and gurus on all sorts of topics. And of course, today's guest I found on Podmatch. I also get booked on other people's shows all the time, and I have a blast meeting people from all over and creating long-lasting relationships with them. Sign up today using my affiliate link at joinpodmatch.com slash Wild. That's joinpodmatch.com slash Wild, And check this episode description for more. This episode of Hookup Horror Stories is brought to you by Foria Wellness. At Foria Wellness, pleasure is your nature. Foria Wellness is passionate about innovation in the sexual wellness realm. They offer tons of products made from plant-based ingredients specifically designed to enhance your sexual pleasure. From increased arousal and pleasure to aiding sexual and menstrual comfort, Foria's large selection of wellness products solve real challenges and deliver meaningful results. They are also innovative leaders, having invented the first ever cannabis and hemp-based personal lubricants and CBD suppositories, which help address menstrual and pelvic discomfort. I absolutely love the CBD booty melts to help aid in comfort during spicy times with my partner. They also help with keeping things nice and lubricated. Try Foria Wellness products and get 20% off your entire order using code Dimitri at checkout. That's code Dimitri, D-E-M-I-T-R-I, for 20% off your entire order. Thank you, Foria Wellness, for sponsoring this week's episode. Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories. This podcast may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 18. And may contain themes of sexuality, sexual assault, domestic violence, or other mental health issues. A content warning is in place. Viewer discretion is advised. I've done. We had a big chocolate factory. I was a chocolatier, like oh, Willy wow. Wonka, 24 years old. I had 80, we had 84 employees, and he signed an agreement for 17 retail stores in uh, a mall, mall locations. And chocolate is a winter item. It does not sell after Mother's Day until November, you know, very little <laughs> sales. And I knew this. And threw him up against the wall and says, you don't know what you're talking about in business. And I said, oh, really? And that was the end for me because I refused to be abused. One of my traumas I went through is my Penn State girlfriend was abused and then murdered by her boyfriend. So that was the last straw for me. I didn't know how I was going to get out of that. By then he signed the agreement behind my back and we had a three quarters of a million dollar bankruptcy. I'm 26 years old, feeling like I'm 80. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but with God's help, I'll get beyond this. (laughs) 
Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories, the podcast where we spill the tea on sex dating. I'm Demi Wild, your resident sexual deviant. And today I've got a very, very extra special guest deviant. She has been featured in Disrupt, Influencer Daily, as well as Forbes magazines. One of the top coaches to follow in 2022, according to Wealth Insider. Author of the books, Love Beyond Your Dreams and Live Beyond Your Dreams. She is an entrepreneur and certified life and love coach, Rihanna Milne. Hey, hi, Demi. Hi, everybody. So nice to be here. Thank you. I messed that up again. It's Rihanna. I'm so sorry. No, I think it's perfect. I thought you did a great job. Thank you. Rihanna, like like the singer, duh. That's right. Correct. No, it's, that was sounded perfect to me. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Um, can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I mean, you mentioned a lot, but I'm also a licensed mental health counselor in private practice for over 24 years. I'm a certified clinical trauma professional advanced, which is CCTP2. Um, I'm a SAC certified um, student assistance counselor, which means I've worked with the upset kids in educational systems from kindergarten all the way through college. I've worked with women from the prison system. So I found, um, and even in a hospital ward for adolescents ages five through 19. So working with all these diverse ages, populations, men, women, straight, LGBTQ, it didn't matter. The top 10 childhood traumas led directly to love trauma. So I'm one of the top specialists uh, helping people to move forward, uh, get their sense of self-love, confidence back, and go on to create the life they desire and have the love they deserve. That's amazing. And it's amazing work that I think a lot of people take for granted, you know, especially when it comes to like life and love, it's kind of the thing that feels like a luxury at times. And so having people in your corner that can really guide you on that journey is, is amazing. And a lot of us don't even yeah. know what we're doing. So it's really great to have those people in our corner. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, can you tell me a little bit about well, I guess the theme of the topic of today is, is childhood trauma. So um, can you tell me a little bit about childhood traumas and how that influences our dating lives? Yes, yes. Well, it wasn't something that I learned about my triple masters of psychology. We never heard the term. It was actually after I experienced a second love trauma when my husband at the time looked at me and says, I don't know what's the matter with me. I sabotage everything I love. And my mind spiraling through the DSM-4, which is the psychological manual for counselors. And I'm like, I don't know either, but I got to figure it out because it was my second love trauma. And I knew like something, my picker is off. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? You know, and you can't change what you don't know or understand. And that became one of my quotes. And it's like, you know, I went to seven therapists because I'm a therapist. I had seven friends. What is it that I'm doing? What is it that he's doing? And nobody had these answers. Mm -hmm. So I went into the deeper psychological journals and I started finding all this incredible research. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the answer. So then I madly started writing. So uh, Love Beyond Your Dreams is a 400 page number one bestseller that started the research. And then I said, I got the 400 pages. I can't keep going. So then I worked, did the workbook manuals for singles and for couples. So I have two programs. 
um, for them. And then I just started teaching this around the world in 2015. I went global. And uh, to 2012, I created the Childhood Trauma Checklist. So that's the top 10 traumas with all these different populations I was working with that had the same childhood events, which I just simply called childhood traumas. Mm-hmm. And most people say, well, I didn't have trauma growing up. Well, most people think trauma equals big T trauma, which is um, breaking a leg or losing a limb after a car accident or experiencing a rape, you know, something like that is certainly big T trauma. Well, there's all these little T traumas that go on and over years or your whole childhood or a period of time that was very intense, like being homeless, uh, losing a home to a flood fire hurricane. So there's actually 10 categories of traumas that I'll be glad to share with you. Sure. Um, also, before I share that list, um, people should know that childhood trauma definitely goes through at least three generations. And wow. in 2021, the research has come out that 100% of us have some of these on the list. So Debbie, it'll be cool for you to do the list as I go along. Yeah, see what you think you might have experienced. That's yeah, what my, my notes here. I'm ready. <laughs> you ready to go? Ready to roll? All right, everyone, grab some paper and a pen. Here we go. So again, before I say that, this is not about blame or shame, feeling ashamed that you experience these because as children, we're just the product of our environment. We're innocent. You know, it's just what was. Right. So that's why in our mind, part of the survival skills of the child is just normalizing these. Okay, that's part of it. And second, uh, it's not to go back and blame mom and dad at this stage of our life. We're seeking understanding so that we can do change. So that's what it's about. So the first one is if there was any addiction in the house. So I'm also an addictions counselor. So I named 12 of these. So there's drugs, alcohol, sex, meaning you knew your parent was a cheater. Often you might be the holder of the secret. Mm -hmm. Um, Sex addiction. Uh, porn, gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism, or addicted to phones and computers and social media. Mm-hmm. So those are the top 12 that we're seeing today. Second is any verbal messaging that was negative. So watching your parents fighting, screaming, yelling all the time at each other, or they were yelling at you, experiencing verbal put downs, like change your outfit, you look fat in that or I'm not sending you to college and wasting my money. You know, things like this are called put downs, not hearing the words, I love you, not getting hugs or, you know, affection from your parents. So that's all verbal um, messaging. How did they talk to each other and to you? The third one is emotional abuse and neglect. The fourth one is Um, any physical abuse, rape, or molestation. And again, these experiences aren't only in the home. You could have had the perfect home life, but walked to school every day and got picked on by bullies. Right. You know, so it's just these overall experiences or you hated your neighborhood, but school was okay. You know, just kind of think through all of these things. Um, Then the next one is abandonment. And there's two types. There's fault and no fault abandonment. So no fault means if a parent happens to die early in your life, if a parent had to be deployed for war and, you know, you were missing them. I was working in an elementary school during the Iraq Iranian wars and we had so many kids just like off in la la land and they're, they're ADHD. I'm like, no, they're not. 
They've got a parent and they're worried about, are they coming home from Iraq, you know, and they're watching all these war things on TV and they're all hyped up with their cortisol that they can't sit and focus. Um, So these were some of the things that I was experiencing while in the elementary school with the kids I worked with. Mm -hmm. Um, So then there is fault abandonment, which means never being involved in your child's life, being involved while the couple was together, then you rarely saw your kids afterwards. And then the last one is they were present in the home, but not emotionally attached. You know, went from work all day, ate dinner, went to the office at night, kind of ignored the kids, not very present and go to the school activities, that type of thing. Number six is if you were adopted, part of the foster care system or had to go live in another person's home uh, because your parents couldn't take care of you. That even means grandma or an aunt or family friend. Number seven, most people can find something there. Uh, We call that personal trauma. So, you know, we're identified as ADHD as a kid, or you were skinny and gawky and called a nerd. That was one of mine, or you might have been a chubby child and teased for that. Um, Maybe the only uh, African-American student in an all-Caucasian school coming out as LGBTQ and not being accepted by peers or family members for that. So any way that you felt different, not accepted, um, and that is what we would call personal trauma. Next one is sibling trauma. So your sibling might have been considered the golden child, the favored one, the star athlete, more handsome, more beautiful, better grades, and you could feel like you never measure up. That's one part of that. Or they bullied you. Or another one, if they were born with a medical issue and they commanded more of mom's and dad's time, and you kind of just felt left out a lot of the times. Number nine has two traumas now. Used to only be one, but I had to move one down and that is family and community trauma. So community trauma, when I made this list was not that prevalent in 2011 and 2012, but now community trauma is experiencing COVID. Our hurricanes, floods, fires, um, global war, and seeing these pictures all over, our television constantly. Uh, These are community traumas. Family trauma is a part of that. Certainly if you were a family that lost your home in a flood, then the family is uh, traumatized. This also could be you moved every two to four years, like in America due to the military system. You're always a new kid in another school. Um, If you grew up in poverty or in a dangerous neighborhood or a parent was incarcerated, those are just a few examples. Right. And then the last one is mental health issues and mom or dad. And I'm part of the baby boomer set. So our parents didn't go to counseling. So we kind of have to guess Uh, the two most difficult for kids to navigate is bipolar, which is manic depressive. Um, And depression can show up as checking out extreme fatigue or even anger. And a manic phase, people say, well, that's the high and happy one. Could be, but it's often tied to the depression. So a spending spree makes you happy. The following month, the bills come in. Then there's a depression for two months because you can't pay the bills. So it's a manic depressive cycle. And then borderline personality, I think, is one of the hardest. Um, that is that fast temper uh, on a parent. You don't know why they're losing the temper. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid. But the kid never knows what they're going to get. It's like walking on eggshells. So that's the top 10 traumas that of the people that I've worked with from ages five. My oldest client is 79. Mm-hmm. So 
that's what we see. And then that impacts them in life, love, in business and how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Well, I can certainly see a lot of that in myself. <laughs> I would say probably <laughs> most of them, <laughs> uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. aside from maybe adopted. Uh, but <laughs> but you, you said this stuff goes back three generations. How yes. does that affect from like the third? Is, so is it yours, your parent, and then your grandparent? Yes, it, correct. Yeah. So let's say- How can we see- Yeah, let's say your dad was a rager, really angry, screaming all the time. And then we look at the grandparents. Well, his dad was a yeller who was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and the mother was docile, you know, so let's bring it in today's world. So if I have a man that is not good to his woman, yells at her, uh, narcissistic, demands his own way, controlling, I asked what was the relationship with his mother. So if she was docile, why the the father was angry and physically abusive to the son, he may hate his mom for not stepping up and defending him, but she was too afraid to. But this is what we might call a mother hater. So that kind of man will never love and respect his woman. Right. You see, so there's all these intricacies, patterns, puzzle pieces. So what I do, it's called a life and love discovery session. I spend 90 minutes with somebody um, doing like five simple assessments. But I've been doing this work so long that I'm very fast in putting the puzzle pieces together. And at the end, I said, you know, you're struggling with this because of that. And this, they're like, oh, my gosh, it makes so much sense. Yeah. So now that we understand what's going on, the second piece is healing it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what are some common patterns or behaviors that arise in relationships where one or maybe even both partners have childhood trauma? Yeah. And keep in mind, because everyone does, it's important that we understand this. So we know what our traumas are, heal them. We know what their traumas is. Hopefully they're healing them too. And then we know how to communicate, navigate through them. So we're more of a support system. So many people take when somebody's upset, they take it personally. Now, what did I do? Well, Oh, it might be nothing about you. could be something they're going through, right? So some things are like jealousy and control. Where's that come from? Verbal messaging, trauma two, and trauma seven, not feeling good enough. So even let's say a, a guy is controlling, jealous, and the woman's there, I do everything to prove how much I love him. And then he still goes out and cheats on me. Well, he's going for the accolades from the women falling in love with him. And if she said no to sex, he may be out there trying to pick up a woman who idolizes him or thinks he's really handsome because he took, no, I'm not feeling well as personal a rejection, like he might've felt from his mother who rejected him. Um, so it's very deep and intricate, right? Uh, but that's one thing. Impulsivity, uh, let's say this could be the woman going out and buying the shiny red sports car and she knows they don't have the money. It's like he'll just have to deal with it. And that's impulse. Impulse is the number one thing that gets couples in troubles the most. Cheating falls under impulse. But she might have grown up poor. She's out there working hard. She goes, you know what? I want this. I deserve it. I need it. Boom, I'm buying it. I'll deal with the aftermath consequences later, you know, and it's causing a big problem. One of the top things I see in my women is people pleasing. So I've heard so many women say, I try to do all the right things. 
Um, and my my husband and my kids never say they love me. They don't do anything back for me. So this is a sign she grew up doing a lot as a child to keep family peace in the household. And that's how she got love. So if she's doing it over and over. They're either taking advantage of her or they don't appreciate it. And then she feels burnout, angry, resentful. And nobody's doing anything else to help out. She's got the lion's share, but she keeps doing it to get love or any accolades from it. Um, this is often when I hear I've totally lost myself. You know, I kept doing for everyone else and nothing for me. So that's a few. And if you've had abandonment issue, this is where it could lead to clinginess, codependency, and something we call RRS, relationship repetition syndrome. So we're all, this show's all about toxic relationships, right, Demi? So like, why does someone break up with someone? Their conscious mind is like, I know he's no good for me. So you break up, you're strong for 10 days, and they start texting you, and then you fall, and it's like, yeah, well, maybe he changes. He does love me. Then they go back again. And then it, the cycle is usually 10 to 14 days. It happens again. This is what we call the cycle of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And the research shows this back and forth, break up, get back together. It happens an average of seven times. So there's actually research on this. Okay. RRS can also show up as we call it same person, different face. So falling in love with the same personality over and over again, like this time I'll do better. And that's what I said about my second love. It's like, shit, you know, again, I get another toxic relationship. What am I doing wrong? I read, you know, 200 self-help books. I, you know, was really trying to choose differently. Well, I didn't know this information back then. So it makes all the difference in the world and who you are selecting. And the thing is in America and most places around the world, we have learned to fall in love through chemistry. Mm -hmm. Oh, butterflies, and they make me feel good, and he's hot, she's hot. Yeah, this is good. That's how people fall in love. So that's the absolute worst way to fall in love because the phenylalanine is rushing around in the brain. The brain likes homeostasis, which means it likes keeping you to what you know, but that could be good or bad. It doesn't decipher good or bad. So it's recognizing patterns or once patterns from the past you didn't have. So people are like, why do I keep falling in love with a narcissist? Well, because they love bomb you in the beginning. The first 30 days, 30 to 90 days, actually research shows month four to nine is when all the toxic stuff starts beginning. So about three months in, everything's bliss and fabulous. And um, the love bombing feels good because you might not have gotten a lot of love from mom and dad. And it's like, oh, I have the perfect boyfriend, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, well, what happened? Well, you fell in love by chemistry. You love the love bombing. Mm -hmm. um, this is when somebody says he asked me to get married in a couple of weeks. Oh, my God, he really loves me. No, that's a red flag. Something's wrong. <laughs> you know, so you have to know what's healthy, what's not healthy. Why? And the patterns to look for. So there's a lot to teach. Yeah, you mentioned so <clears throat> I've been in an abusive relationship before and um, I had to go through like a conscious shift where I had to literally actively choose different people. So yes. I didn't make the same decisions over and over again. Is that, and you also mentioned like, so, okay. Sorry, I had two questions in my mind. Um, <laughs> one of which is like, how do people take 
that consciousness and they apply it to making better decisions for themselves in the first place. And then second of all, how is it culturally different in other places? Like you said, in the US, we fall in love by chemistry. Secondly, is that different in other places? Um, yes and no. I mean, falling in love by chemistry sent, tends to be the human standard. Right. Um, but when I have a couple from India, for example, and I work with all cultures, ages, like I said, we then have that older generation where their parents, you know, idolizes the male and women are there just to serve the men. Mm-hmm. For example, I have a couple, she's a very successful doctor and, you know, he does something else and the parents make her feel like she's nothing, like cook our food and service while we're here visiting. And she's a very busy doctor, you know, so this is where I have to teach the man. You have to stand up and tell your, your parents this is inappropriate. It's like, I can't speak up against my parents. I said, I understand there's a cultural norm here. However, yes, they're visiting your house, they are in your home, they are in America, and this is how now that they have to, you know, understand that you have a family routine and she has responsibilities to other people. So anyway, I have to teach them to, you know, communicate their wants, needs, and desires in what we call an empowered communication, Mm -hmm. just stating what you want, but still with loving kindness, but you you don't you keep your boundaries where you need to. Yeah. So I think that was the second part of the question. What was your first question? You know what? Don't even worry about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. All gone at this point. <laughs> all right. So yes, like said, so all over the world, like, I have to consider what what are the cultural norms that we're fighting too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. part of it too. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I think since we're running low on time, uh, can you tell me your story that you have planned for us? Uh, a, a love trauma story? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want the goods. <laughs> okay, I'll share mine. Um, I married my college sweetheart. You know, that my generation, you got married to the person you were dating. It was known before you got out of college. That's just what we do. So I married at 21. I had my two girls, 23, 24. Uh, they were of the Greek culture. Uh, the Greek father oh didn't like me because I wasn't Greek. He met me. He knew I was modeling and yet I was in broadcasting. And he looks at me under his newspaper and says, she'll never have your kids. And then puts his newspaper back up. That was his hello. <laughs> I should have run then. If I had the information I had now, I would have been nice to meet you and and hauled off, you know, and been done with that because that was a problem in my mind. And then once we married, well, we're family now. And he and the father, since he was trying to always please the father, he always made him feel not good enough, went over after 200000 from my mother. And back then, that was like a half million dollars. That was a lot of money. And I begged her, like, don't do it because if they don't pay you back, I don't want to be responsible. Oh, they promise, you know, that it's got we're family. They're not going to hurt me. This will be done within six months. They said they're going to be giving you to the restaurant, the Greek diner. Yeah, how typical. (laughs) Um, And none of it happened. She never got the agreement. We never got the restaurant. It destroyed our marriage. By then, we had two little girls. Both the father and the son refused to pay my mom back. And um, so we tried to move on and, and get a, do a business out of Philadelphia. And then behind my back again, he signed an agreement that was against what I would have done. We had a big chocolate factory 
I was a chocolatier, like oh, Willy wow. Wonka, 24 years old. I had 80, we had 84 employees and he signed an agreement for 17 retail stores in uh, a mall, mall locations. And chocolate is a winter item. It does not sell after Mother's Day until November, you know, very little <laughs> sales. And I knew this and threw him up against the wall and says, you don't know what you're talking about in business. And I said, oh, really? And that was the end for me because I refused wow. to be abused. One of my traumas I went through is my Penn State girlfriend was abused and then murdered by her boyfriend so that was the last straw for me i didn't know how i was going to get out of that by then he signed the agreement behind my back and we had a three quarters of a million dollar bankruptcy i'm 26 years old feeling like i'm 80 and i said i don't know how i'm going to do it but with god's help i'll get beyond this so i divorced him uh, we bankrupted. I still paid my mother. It took me 16 years to pay her back working five jobs. But I opened up with a first month's rent, a model and talent school within six months because I had studied mindset and I was spiritual. And that occurred after my friend Michael was killed by a drunk driver when we were 16. Mm. So the moral of that story is that led me to spirituality and mindset work to heal because I was not allowed to go to a counselor when I was a teenager. My mom says, no one in this family will ever go to a counselor. And I'm like, then I'll grow up and become one. Then I'll be one. So <laughs> I picked my fate. I did the spiritual work. <laughs> I did become a great counselor. But in the meanwhile, I was studying mindset and spirituality since 16 years old. And Corinne was lost. Uh, and I married and I just knew I'll do okay on my own. And I just had this unwavering faith and belief system and mindset that was super strong by 26. And I said, I'm going to be a model and talent agent. That way I can work and pick my kids up from school and close when I have to. So that's what I did for 10 years. And I always wanted to be a counselor. So at 40, I went back for sc to school, 37, uh, graduated early with honors with a triple master's in clinical psychology and opened up my own practice called Therapy by the Sea. And then I went into coaching 2009 and 10, got certified, and that's Lessons in Life and Love Coaching. And that way I could go global because as a therapist, you can only, only work in your own state. And I went to help people around the world. So, you know, I got out of that first love trauma, but paid the dues for many, many years, but really had a fun life, traveled a lot, loved my model and talent school. We had a blast. My kids grew up in the industry. My daughter ends up singing on three multi-platinum CDs. Uh, she's a very well-known uh, global coach with her husband, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles, uh, one of the top coaches in the world. She's at 40. My other daughter did her dream work as well. So I was teaching my kids motivational skills that I learned so that despite what they had growing up, which was childhood trauma, I didn't call it that back then, they could excel and, you know, be very strong and do what they desired to do. Um, and then I had another love in my life, big love, and uh, ended up, uh, he got himself into trouble and uh, really hurt my business. My practice was for, you know, 10, 11 years then, and it cut my business in half. He got fired for porn on his computer uh -oh. and uh, out of school. And I said, I don't trust you. I got to go. And I stood up as my own attorney and annulled that marriage. Wow. So I did the research. I said, I don't have the money to pay an attorney. I just paid for a uh, prenup, you know, five months before. 
And um, so I didn't mean I didn't love him. I still loved him. But if you don't have trust, you have nothing. And I knew that I knew I could heal and move beyond it. But that's when I started seeking help from therapists and nobody knew what he had. Mm-hmm. And when I did the research, I'm like, holy cow, he has nine out of 10 of these traumas. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of them in the severity ranges of nines and tens, which then brings people into sociopathy. So husband one and two were using people, uh, me, <laughs> for pleasure or profit. And that's what a sociopath does. Uses another for pleasure or profit without remorse. Like you'll never hear an apology from these people. Yeah. So you don't expect it. And I found my success was my best revenge. So let's get you healed. Let's move you forward in the life you desire. And, you know, so many people are ruminating and stuck. Well, what could I have done different? And why did he do this for me? Or why did they cheat on me? Why did they? You can't keep questioning because you can't change the other, the other person. You can only change yourself. Right. So I describe healing like a rainbow. We start at, we don't know what we don't know. And that's where I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I better find out. And then you get the education, you know, so the system that I developed, it's trademarked now, you know, it's all this learning and then practicing. And at the end, it's like, you got it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if somebody does you wrong, it's like next, then you just move on because you're not going to deal with someone. And when you have become this person you really love, like on my website, I have this free quiz, 10 things to know that you're really ready to date and have a relationship. So what's your score on that? Anything seven and under, that's what we work on. So we get you to eight, nines and tens. Now you're the whole package. You're not going to date less than. You're going to date someone who's equally powerful, has their life together. And together, you're a strong couple. And then you learn communication skills to keep you sustainable over time. So that's how I took my pain and made it my purpose and my passion. And that's exactly it. You hit the nail on the head is, is, you know, you have two choices when you experience trauma in life. You can either dwell in it, you can continue the same patterns, or you can become conscious of the patterns and you can start using that trauma as fuel to make those changes in your life. Yes, absolutely. And then they all learn you know, how to use mindset to have this emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious relationship. So our people are like 100% conscious. They think before they do text, write, say something. You know, we have changed, you know, slow down the processing on the brain. When you're anxious, it's like, da, 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 da. we slow it all down with holistic remedies. You know, people who are in psychotropic drugs, antidepressants, anti-anxieties, that's a Band-Aid. You're not getting to the original issues of the pain and the trauma. When you he- heal that, we do everything holistically. Mind, body, spirit, meditation, vitamin therapy. You don't need drugs. Yeah. You know, you need to heal the original stuff and then create the life you want. And that's where you find your joy. And then when you're in that fun life, it's so easy to attract someone that we become the choosers. Mm-hmm. And then as we're dating, we know yes or no. And why or why not? We would go into day two or three. It's very clear to us. So that's what we call conscious dating. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Brianna, this has been so much fun. Before I let you go, <laughs> can I play a quick game with you? Sure. All right. So this is a game I like to call Red Flags. Basically, I'm going to give you a situation. It could be funny, partner, whatever. All you have to do is tell me if it's a red flag for you or not. Deal? Okay. All right. Number one, they have to carry around a particular rock or crystal everywhere they go. 
That's a red flag. <laughs> if they have to, if they choose they to, because it makes them feel good. Yeah, that's a red they, flag. They have to. <laughs> <laughs> they have to. If they're OCD, if they don't have their rock, that's a problem. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Number two, they break out into spontaneous interpretive dance routines. Well, now you're talking to a dancer. I was one of the original disco queens, okay? I used to compete in disco and do very well. So I may break out in dancing if I hear a song. So to me, that's poor being joyful. But if it's something that's embarrassing, wrong time, wrong place, then I would say make a conscious decision. So if it's not, it could be a red flag, yes. What if they're just a terrible dancer (laughs) but love to dance? (laughs) Put them into dance lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Number and three, teach them to dance. <laughs> number three, they ask you your opinion on potential baby names. Um, depends how far you are along in your dating process. Mm. If you're engaged, that's a common question. Of course, if you were dating and you're in that age group where I have people that want marriage in a family, that should have been talked about early on. So, yes, if you're talking about wanting that for yourselves, go for it. If it's like your first date, that's a little scary. For sure. <laughs> Number four, they have a secret room in their house. Secret what? Secret, secret room. room. Oh, yeah, that's that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> secret smoking room, secret library room, secret sex room. Uh, like a, a, a guy cave, a man's cave where the men can go and hang out. Fine. No, uh, what do they call it? A, a girl shed? She shed. Yeah. <laughs> she shed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could be fun just to chill, have your glass of wine, sit back and read. I get that. But why have secrets if you're in love with someone? That's where the problem comes in. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Last one. They have an obnoxious laugh. Obnoxious laugh. Mm-hmm. You could say, hun, people are looking at you when you're laughing. Could you calm <laughs> down a little bit? <laughs> I feel like you know, all the rest of the qualities, if the rest of the qualities are amazing, there's going to be things that you would like tweaked in each other and that's okay to discuss it, you know, but if they're a fabulous person, do you want to get rid of them just because their laugh is a little off? Yeah, exactly. Well, Rihanna, this has been so much fun. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Where can my listeners find you? Uh, go to my website, rihannamilne.com. There's all kinds of free gifts there. On the homepage is the ebook, How to Have the Love You Deserve. If you would like to meet with me in private, that's called a Life and Love Discovery Session. It's on a super special right now for November through the holidays. And it's a big orange button. Also, you can get the first 60 pages of my books, Live in Love Beyond Your Dreams, for free. I've got all kinds of blogs and my podcast is called Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. I have 120 shows and um, on every podcast platform, but like 350 videos and audios on my YouTube channel. So that's probably the best place to go and get more free information. There we go. And then, of course, you'll find this on YouTube as well. So check out this video version on YouTube also. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you to my guest for joining me in this week's episode. Be sure to check the episode description for all their information. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a comment and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to help out the show. Send me your horrible hookups, your dating disasters, and your spicy questions to hookuphorrorstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to my YouTube channel for video versions of this show and a ton of other cool content. 
My blogs, The Deviant Diaries, and A Deviant's Guide to Sex can be found on my website at demetriwild.com. Support my work and get early access to my videos, podcast episodes, and exclusive content. Check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash demetriwild. Also, follow me on Instagram. I am at demetriwild underscore. Oh yeah, and one last thing. Thank you for listening, and stay deviant. Remember, subscribing might not be worth it, but it's also not optional. So just do it. <laughs> <laughs>